Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast, the I Just Want to Celebrate edition, as the Bengals stun the Jacksonville Jaguars on Monday Night Football 34-31 in overtime. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, locker room comments from players and coaches, and post-game analysis from Dave Lapham. Then, in this week's Fun Facts conversation, you'll get to know a Bengals rookie with a great nickname, Chuck Sizzle. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor, proud to be the Bengals' official HR software provider. By Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet designed to elevate your home, business, and community to a new level. And by Kettering Health, the best care for the best fans. Kettering Health is the official health care provider of the Bengals. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing, wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since, from cowboy to Bengal. That's the name of the most recent episode of From the Jungle, the Bengals all-access TV show that debuted this year, and the entire episode focuses on Logan Wilson. The show takes us to his home state of Wyoming. And we meet his parents, his coaches, and others who helped Logan grow into the man he is today. It's exceptionally well done. And if you like the Bengals, it is well worth 28 and a half minutes of your time. Check out From Cowboy to Bengal on Bengals.com or the Bengals YouTube channel. Now, time for the radio replays from Monday night's game in Jacksonville. Tonight, the Cincinnati Bengals playing without Joe Burrow are double-digit underdogs here in Jacksonville, Florida. The last time the Bengals were this big of an underdog on Monday Night Football was December 21st, 2020. They were also missing Joe Burrow that night, and Ryan Finley led Cincinnati to a stunning win over the 11-2 Pittsburgh Steelers. Can the Bengals do it again with Jake Browning at quarterback? We are about to find out. And it is time for the pigskin to fly here at Everbank Stadium. Lawrence in the gun, runs an option to the right, pitches to ETN, and he goes into the end zone with ease. Jacksonville scores a touchdown on its opening drive. Chase goes in orbit motion behind the QB. They give it to Mixon, lowers the shoulder pads, and with second effort, he's into the end zone. Touchdown! Bengals as Jamar Chase went behind the quarterback Browning drawing a little bit of attention in that direction Mixon ran left and took it into the end zone Lawrence against the blitz throws it quickly caught by the tight end Ingram gets a downfield block streaking toward the pylon he launches himself into the end zone for a Jacksonville touchdown. Shotgun snap to Browning. Gets it to Mixon again. He goes into the end zone. Standing up for his second touchdown here in the first half. Mixon takes a knee and poses for the photographers in the back of the end zone as the Bengals have pulled within a PAT of tying the score. Three receivers right, one out to the left. Five-man rush. Browning throws it deep downfield for Chase. Over the shoulder catch. He's off to the races at the 20, the 10. And he will back his way into the end zone for the Bengals' touchdown. Oh, baby. Washington motions left to right. Lawrence back to throw. Looking left. Throws it into the end zone. And it is deflected and caught. Jermaine Pratt had both hands on the ball. 
he dropped a potential interception. It was hauled in by Jacksonville. On first and 10, he throws it backward to Boyd. Boyd wants to throw downfield. His oh, pass no. intercepted by Josh Allen. Oh, and he man. gets tackled at the Cincinnati nine-yard line. Wow. And they're going forward on fourth. Again, look out for the Trevor Lawrence jump up and stick the ball over the pile move. Did it last week against Houston. Fourth and goal from the one. Lawrence under center. He takes the snap. He sticks the ball out with his right arm. You got it. And it's a touchdown. Chase Brown in at running back. Jake Browning under center on first and 10. He gives it to the rookie from Illinois. He's off to the races. Come on. To the 40. Gets a downfield block from Higgins. Runs into Jaguars territory. And finally gets shoved out of bounds at the Jacksonville 43 by Tyson Campbell. Browning is going to be under center. Double tight ends in the game. Mixon is the running back. Chase goes in motion behind Mixon. Oh. Quarterback sneak. Browning surging forward. And they are not going to give it to him. I didn't think he Not got, yet, at least. I didn't think he got the exchange real cleanly. There. Touchdown! <laughs> a very late call, and Jake Browning got the ball over the goal line for the touchdown. Lawrence pump fakes and gets sacked by nice. Trey Hendrickson. Is the ball out? Yeah, it is, yeah, actually. After, yeah. About two yards ahead, and it looks like Jacksonville recovers, but that will force a field goal try. And, and Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence is, hurt. is down hurt yeah, and, and slamming his right hand into the ground. And oh, helmet he throws off. his helmet about 10 yards up the field. Trey Hendrickson takes his helmet off, and it looks like Trevor Lawrence has suffered a significant injury. The crowd trying to be the 12th man. McPherson is set. The snap, the placement, the swing of the right leg. It has the distance. It is yeah. good. Evan McPherson from 54 yards away. 31-28, Cincinnati leading. Jacksonville trying to tie it with 30 seconds left in regulation. The wow. punter, Logan Cook, is the holder. Here comes the right-footed kick. It is good. And we are tied with 26 seconds left in regulation. Browning catches the shotgun snap, fakes to Mixon, looking throws oh. juggled and caught yes, yes chase yes. with the catch at the 47 for a first down a juggling routine by jamar and he came to the ground with a football for a first down the play clock is at three two they snap it to browning he's back to throw he fires toward the sideline oh, caught nice. t higgins out of bounds with a first down and a gain of 11 to the 42 of jacksonville this will be a 48 yard try to send cincinnati home with an overtime victory as a double digit underdog brad robbins ready to hold cal adamitis ready to snap adamitis fires it back robbins puts it down the kick is on its way it is good yeah, baby yeah there's a penalty flag down oh no unsportsmanlike conduct on the defense leaping penalties decline field goal is good a 48-yard field goal by Evan McPherson has given Cincinnati a 34-31 overtime win. The Bengals are still alive in the playoff chase. They're back to 500 at 6-6. Six and six. And today, December 4th, 2023, will forever be known as the Jake Browning game. No doubt. I mean, Jake Browning, he did himself a lot of good nationally televised 
he puts on a performance like that, Jake Browning just bought himself a bunch of years in the National Football League. Jake Browning did himself a lot of good tonight. Here are the final numbers for Jake Browning. He completed 32 of 37 passes. That's 86%. For 354 yards, one touchdown, no picks, and a passer rating of 115.5. Jake also ran for 22 yards and a touchdown. It was a night he'll never forget, and Dave Lapham spoke to him in front of his locker. You were, uh, you were an equal opportunity distributor of the football. I mean, you got like nine receivers involved in the action. I mean, is, is that part of your ball game? I mean, you look to distribute the ball everywhere you possibly can? I mean, I'm just trying to throw to whoever's open. So I think that's more credit to nine different guys getting open on different plays. So, uh, you know, I've, I've definitely thrown to the whole depth chart throughout the years on P-Squad. So, you know, whenever someone gets thrown in there, I probably got banked reps with them. So uh, as a football team, rush for over 150 yards, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty strong as, as well. Joe Mixon had 68 yards on 19 carries. Brown had 61 yards on nine carries. So 129 yards on 28 carries out of the tailback position, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's, that's huge for our offense to be able to do that. And so Mixon played real, you know, ran really hard like he always does. Chase came in and provided a little bit of a spark with some big explosive runs and our line did a great job. Tight ends did a great job. So anytime you run the ball like that, it's going to be a good day. Jamar Chase, 11 catches, 149 yards. That dude has the strongest hands I think I've ever seen in the like vice grips. Yeah, yeah, and he's dangerous with the ball, which is always nice too. So did they do anything different defensively than you had anticipated? Did they blitz at a higher level or percentage-wise? Did you have any? Get, did they give you any looks on their third down packages that you weren't expecting? Were you pretty much guys on, right on everything? I mean, I think they're always going to give you looks that you're not prepared for. It's, I mean, they spend a whole week practicing and game planning too. And uh, I really think the big difference is it kind of all goes back to run game. And so, you know, I, I think going into the game, we thought they would do something. Then we started running the ball really well. And if you're on defense and we are gashing in the run game, then you got to bring more people into the box. And so I think that's really where we we're able to kind of get it rolling. It was impressive. They scored 14 points in a little over two-minute period. They're like two minutes and 20 seconds where it was like, man, I, I mean, a, a, lesser, uh, a lesser team may have just – folded on that you guys showed the resiliency and came storming back and win the game ultimately in overtime what's it say about the character of this football team i mean i think it it may seem surprising outside of the locker room but if, for me i've been in this locker room for going on three years now and it's not surprising i think you know we had a, a tough little stretch there and just responded well and made the plays that we needed to and just kept battling and i think that's kind of the standard around here where I don't, I don't even think anybody really flinches about that kind of stuff. So I know you guys are all like one big fraternity at the quarterback position. Trevor Lawrence, it looked like it was a tough situation. Your heart goes out to him, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's terrible. He's been playing really well. Obviously, Jacksonville, uh, you know, has, has been a really good team all season. I didn't really see what happened, but anytime somebody goes down, it, you know, you feel for him. Jake Browning. It was a heck of a show tonight, man. 34 points, 34-31 in a shootout down in Jacksonville. Playoffs still alive. We're not dead. Not dead by any stretch. Appreciate it. The playoffs are still a long shot, but far from impossible. If the Bengals win home games, 
against the Colts, Vikings, and Browns, who are all missing their starting quarterbacks, that would get them to nine wins. Then, if they beat either Pittsburgh or Kansas City on the road to get to 10 wins, they would have an 87% chance of getting in, according to the New York Times playoff machine. That game in Pittsburgh is three weeks away, and Kenny Pickett suffered a high ankle sprain on Sunday. It's very possible he will not be back in time. If the Bengals play like they did in Jacksonville, a 4-1 finish is possible. I spoke to Jonah Williams about the significance of Monday's win and the performance of his former high school teammate, Jake Browning. It feels great, and it's I, I think it shows like the, the belief that we have in this locker room. And, you know, after last week's game, I know a lot of people were feeling down, and a lot of people were doubting us. And, you know, I was saying, I think everyone was saying, we still have a lot of faith, we still have a lot of belief in the guys in the room. And we went out and beat a really, really good Jacksonville team on the road Monday night. And, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a really big game. So it was great for us. Jonah, I'm calling this the Jake Browning game. 32 for 37, 354 yards, a touchdown pass, and a touchdown run. You've known him since you guys were kids. How excited are you for him tonight? So excited, man. I know he's got it in him, and it was just awesome to see him go out there. He's in his element. He's comfortable. And I I said it when he was first going to start. I'm like, the lights aren't going to be too big for him. The the moment's not going to be too big for him. He's just going to go out and play football. And that's what he did, and he did enough for us to win. And you know, made some huge plays down the stretch. So it was it was it was awesome seeing him do that again. I thought the offensive line play tonight was tremendous. Jake was protected well, obviously, to go 32 for 37. But you also ran for 156. And obviously that was a big problem last week that you guys fixed. Yep, absolutely. I think that, you know, we, we did a great job in the run game and that opened up a lot of stuff in the pass game. You know, all of our backs were running hard and, you know, we were able to, able to build off of that. And when you're not behind the sticks, when you're getting positive yards on run plays, it takes a lot of pressure off everyone. And, you know, we were able to do that today and we need to keep doing that for the rest of the year. Joe Mixon had more than 100 yards combined rushing and receiving, but you guys also got a jolt from Chase Brown in his first significant action as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, Chase is he's one of the shiftiest guys I've ever seen on the field, and you saw a lot of that from him today, just making a cut, and his acceleration's great. Um, so it, it was cool to see that out of him, and I know there's going to be a lot more coming from him. That was a fun game. Congratulations on the win. Thank you. While Joe Burrow won't return this year, the Bengals did have T. Higgins back on the field after he missed three games with a hamstring injury. T. had modest stats, three catches for 36 yards, but his presence makes it harder for teams to do everything under the sun to stop Jamar Chase. And Jamar had 11 catches for 149 yards. Here's my conversation with Higgins. I'm sure you had a lot of confidence in Jake, but 32 for 37 for 350 plus and a touchdown pass and a touchdown run. What do you think of his performance? Yeah, boy had a hell of a game. I could say that. Uh, yeah, y'all asked about his confidence all week, and y'all just seen it there. You know what I'm saying? Sure, you can ask nothing better than that. He completed his first 10 passes early on. Did you think, man, this guy's on a roll? Honestly, you know, when you in game mode, you ain't really thinking of it like that. You just just happy your teammates catching the ball. He making good, uh, put good, got good ball placement. And man, we just, you know, he was helping us, and we was helping him. Where'd you, where'd you get the sense that he was really just cooking tonight? Really, 
Uh, when he came out second half through that deep ball to Chase, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, he feeling good. You know what I'm saying? It was a perfect ball. Um, and, you know, Chase was able to make a play. And, and after that, you know I'm saying, he was just rolling. You didn't have a ton of catches tonight, but the ones that you had were big. What did it mean to you to be back and contribute to an exciting win? Yeah, man, like I said earlier this week, man, you know, all I want to do is just help this team get a W. And, you know, I was able to do that today. Um, you know, it felt good, you know, just to be back out there with the guys, you know, competing it, um, and just, you know, it felt good to, you know, get that last catch right there to, you know, get us that first down, put us in field goal range, and then, man, you know, uh, mix finished it off. So, 11 for 149 for Jamar. I overheard you say to Tyler, man, it didn't even seem like he had that much. Yeah, yeah, it definitely didn't. Um, didn't even realize it until he said something after the game. I was like, man, for real. Uh, then, like you said, man, the, the 76 yard it definitely helped. Uh, I didn't even, you know, realize that, but. Man, he had a hell of a game. You know, I'm proud of you hitting that thousand yard mark, you know, for three seasons in a row. Um, you know, he's an elite receiver. Um, and, you know, he, he's going to continue to be great. Not many people thought the Bengals were going to win tonight. Came here, beat an 8 and 3 team at home. How'd you do it? What's it mean? We're used to it. You know, we're used to everybody saying we gonna, we're not going to pull it off. Um, but, man, we just fought hard, man. You know, the run game was real big tonight. Uh, Mix ran the ball hard. You know, shouts out to him and the O line, man. It's just, you know, they, they fought their butts off just. Tonight and um, uh, I can't I can't discredit you know the receiver who's out there blocking on the perimeter as well. So um, we just all put it together and you know when we all do when we do that and we complement each other, man, it's hard to beat us. Joe had more than 100 combined rushing receiving yards, but Chase Brown gave you a lift too with the, his burst. Yeah, man, the first long run he had, um, I kind of was looking back, you know, you know, and uh, kind of missed the block and the corner made the play. I was like, my bad, man. I got you next time. And, he had another one, and, you know, I was blocking the corner all the way down the field, you know. And so, it's like, I told you I got you. <laughs> but, man, proud of him, you know, stepped up in big moments and uh, made some plays. Congrats on the win. Thank you. Now, let's hear from head coach Zach Taylor, who spent four minutes with Lap after the game. Just really proud of the all-around effort. This team, guys stepped up, made plays when we needed it, and it feels good to get a win on Monday Night Football on the road against a really good opponent. Um, just really proud of this team. Man, how about Jake Browning, 32 for 37, 354 yards. He had a 20-yard rush, so he rushed well over 20 yards. I mean, he he operated poised, precision. I mean, it, it was unbelievable to watch him. He prepares. Um, he puts in the work that he knows he's got to put in to be prepared. And so the, his confidence stems off of that. What else can he do? You know, he's prepared for every moment. He knows what he's going to see. He knows where guys are going to be at. And he went out there and executed it like we knew he could. And, uh, I think it's just a really good moment for him. And the second NFL start at Monday Night Football to go do that against a really good team. Uh, really proud of Jake. You had a great game plan, though. I mean, you got him out of pocket. He booted. He throws on the run so well. Uh, you used the screen game. Um, you used everything. I mean, there, what what didn't you use? For over 150 yards. I mean, it was it was spectacular to watch. I mean, put 34 points on the board. Pretty good. The trick plays didn't work so well. <laughs> that's, uh, about, that's about all it did, and you're right. I think we were 0 for 2 on our trick plays. But, you know, sometimes in a game like this, you just got to be aggressive and, and can't be afraid of what the result's going to be. It could be a negative result, and it was, and our guys were able to overcome it. And, and so, again, it was it was really good effort. Uh, I thought the offensive line played really well tonight. They protected him. One of those sacks comes on a hot. We can't block him, you know, and, and we just got to be able to see that and get the ball out. But uh, I thought they did a great job. Opening up some holes for the running backs, doing a great job protecting Jake in the pass game. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the running game. I mean, how about how about the contribution from Brown? Sixty-one yards on nine carries. He showed the explosiveness that you knew he had. I mean, 
He, he uh, Joe, Joe Mixon, 68 yards rushing, 49 yards receiving. I mean, I, it was it was it was fun to watch this offense perform tonight. It was, you know, and you're talking about the running backs. I thought those guys really stepped up. Mixon had some tough runs on the goal line that got us in the end zone. Um, tough third down run that got us a third down there at the end of the game. Chase gave us a nice spark. You know, it's good to get another running back in there and mix it up and different elements. So, uh, really proud. Justin Hill does a great job with those guys, and I thought they executed well tonight. Your offense, uh, though, your your game plan. I know you're being you're being humble, but I, you had them kind of on their heels and with your aggressiveness. Now, sometimes it didn't work out, but but I'd say a high high percentage of the time. To me, you talked about, and I thought it was a great description. I asked you about the Jaguars' uh, defense front. You said violent. I thought you guys played with physicality and violence tonight big time. Yeah, sometimes you're delivering a message to your own guys, you know, and, and uh, they're ready to hear that and step up and, and do what we need to do to win the game. And, um, again, just, just really proud of offense, defense, special teams. Guys, guys did what we need to do to get this win. I'm really proud of them. When they scored 14 points in like a little over a two-minute time frame, two minutes and 20 seconds, whatever it was, it could have it could have gotten ugly. From, but man, you guys showed the resiliency. I mean, bounce right back and stay after it. I, I thought the team showed a lot of character tonight. Yeah, I didn't feel a lull from the team at all. You know, we we felt like we had the momentum going into halftime. Offensive score, defense got to stop. Um, came out and, and felt good coming out of the half. And then and then there was a chance there for them to regain the momentum. Our guys didn't let them have it. Our guys responded the right way and got us right back in the game. Well, I know your mom was happy at the end of the game when it was a tie and it went into overtime, but I'm glad that you got the win. And uh, now it's 2-2-1. Two, two and one. It's even Steven and the uh, and the Taylor family. And uh, what, what a first family of football it is, man. You guys are... You guys are do the game proud, no question. I appreciate it. I, I think that he did a great job from what I could see too, and it's a shame. I hope their quarterback's not hurt too bad. That's that gives you a sick feeling to see all these quarterbacks go down like that, and uh, hopefully he's okay. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor, proud to be the Bengals' official HR software provider. By Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet designed to elevate your home, business, and community to a new level. And by Kettering Health. The best care for the best fans. Kettering Health is the official health care provider of the Bengals. Now, time for the Radio Guys recap. Lap, I think we both thought that Jake Browning was capable of having a really good game, but I can't honestly say that I thought he was capable of 32 for 37 for 350 plus, including a bunch of really important clutch throws when they had to have it. He was unbelievably accurate. Um... He showed confidence. He showed poise. He showed leadership. Uh, brilliant decision making. I mean, a quarterback rating of 115.5, 76 yard touchdown pass. I mean, he rushed rushed for one, threw for one. I mean, it was it was a spectacular performance. I think I think that uh, Zach Taylor and the Bengals offensive coaches put him in good situations. They uh, they did everything with him. They they ran the bootlegs. Um, you know, the, the running game, they stayed with it, and, and that paid dividends over 150 yards, and he was talking about how that opened things up for him, and, and Jake was effusive in his praise, obviously, the offensive line. He said, you know, it started there, and, um, you know, he, he said there's always things that you can think of after a game that you wish you had back, but, I mean, that was that was just a spectacular performance. I mean, he 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 just changed the trajectory of his NFL career. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have a job for a while somewhere, hopefully Cincinnati. But, 
I mean, he, he showed that he can be somebody's, if, if not their starting quarterback, certainly a very viable number two. Oh, no question. I mean, it's, um, you, you don't have guys uh, very often in their second NFL start throw for over 350 yards against a good defensive football team at their place. I mean, that's um, – I thought, though, the running game was a huge deal. Uh, this is a team that came into the game fourth in the NFL in rushing. And the Bengals doubled up the yards that they've been giving up during the course of the season. They rushed for over 150 yards. I mean, Joe Mixon, uh, Joe Mixon had a hell of a football game on the ground and caught the football well. I thought he finished runs. I thought he ran really hard. Offensive line finished blocks. Uh, it was just, and the, I think the biggest thing was in that two minute and twenty second stretch of adversity, <laughs> um, nobody folded their tent. You know, everybody showed resiliency and and just uh, kept working and. Um, Zach, during the course of the week, I thought had a great comment about the Jaguars, a compliment comment about their defensive front that they played violently. I thought the Bengals were the more violent team tonight. I thought they, they played with energy, enthusiasm, physicality, and, uh, and they get after it. Chase Brown was terrific. How much do you think his pop adds to the offense? A lot. I really do. I mean, I think, you know, he had he had almost as many yards as Joe on uh, less than half the carries. He had nine rushes for 61 yards, 6.8 per. He had a 31-yard rush. Browning had a 21-yard rush himself. Joe Mixon had an 18-yard rush and two physical touchdown runs. I mean, I thought the running game, um, you know, helped everything. I think the uh, the offensive line felt real good about the way they were handling things at the line of scrimmage at that point. Jamar Chase was spectacular as well, 11 catches for more than 140 yards, including that 76-yard TD. It is amazing how little is required in getting him the ball for him to potentially make something big happen. He's a, he's a threat. Um, every single time he gets his hands on the football, he's a threat of breaking a tackle and gaining huge yards after that contact or that catch or taking it to the house. We've seen him do it. You know, multiple times, um, it's almost like you're surprised when it doesn't happen because you start to uh, take it for granted. He does it so regularly. It's like, you know, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? I know it's going to happen. And ultimately, it, he do, it does. I mean, book it every year, 80-plus catches, 1,000-plus yards. I mean, he is a machine. It's funny how football works sometimes. Last week, the Bengals' defense gave up 16 points, and it felt like a bad performance. Tonight, they gave up 31 but it felt like a good performance because when they needed a stop, they got some. That's true, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, they they get they get um, put in bad spots, you know, a couple of times. Uh, I'm sure that they felt like even you know with the turnover that Tyler Boyd had with the interception, they feel like you know, okay, I got to go out there and limit it to nothing more than a field goal opportunity and, and play complimentary football. But I mean, there's a there's a million levels of complimentary football, and I thought the offense played complimentary football within itself. For the first time, you know, the balance was obvious. When you rush for over 150 and throw it for over 350, you know, you're you're playing complimentary football. There's no question. So prior to last week's again, game against Pittsburgh, we talked about how they'd probably need to win five games and the, the formula was kind of win the home games, maybe steal a road win in Pittsburgh. Well, this is a game you didn't think they would win, and they did. So they've at least put themselves back into kind of a mathematical chance of if they could – you know, take care of business at home and steal one more road game, they got a shot. Absolutely, you know, and uh, Indianapolis comes to town, and uh, they're, 
they're playoff uh, alive. They're they're right now. If the playoffs were to start today, they'd be in, and uh, that's the case with every team remaining. Just about. Um, so they're going to have their opportunities, and I, I just thought that it was a great sign tonight. Again, you're on the road, national television, the crowd's going crazy. Uh, you've had adversity hit, uh, 14 points in a little over two minutes, and you stand up and, uh, and, and you do something about it. Instead of you know, saying, ah, it's not our night, you made sure it was your night. You went and took it, and uh, I, think, I think that spoke volumes. I think that uh, this football team has... Uh, has the mental toughness and the physical toughness to get something done. feel terrible for Jacksonville fans and for Trevor Lawrence, obviously, uh, to see him go down like that when they're having a special season. I mean, we know how it feels with Joe Burrow getting hurt a couple of weeks ago, but that doesn't make it any easier. You're right, Dan. I mean, your, your heart goes out to the guy, and, uh, you know, and, and he's, he's so much fun to watch. I mean, he's a special talent, just like number nine, Joe Burrow's a special talent. This guy is a, is a unique talent himself, and um, the NFL is what it is because of these kind of guys, and, and uh, you know it's a it's a it's a brutal blow, and you just hate to see a guy react like he reacted. Hopefully, it's just an ankle sprain. Um, you know, no announcement at this point in time. But if it is an ankle sprain, it looked like it was a pretty severe one. That was one freaking fun game. It was entertaining, wasn't it? I, I think. I think it was the most ties there's been in an NFL game this year. I think there were five, maybe six ties. And I think I heard where that might be the most of any NFL game this season. And, and for it to happen on Monday Night Football with the Cincinnati Bengals as one of the participants is cool. Let's get on the plane and go home. Let's do it to it, sir. <laughs> Up next, a home game against the 7-5 and five Colts, who have won four games in a row. But those wins have been against Carolina, New England, Tampa Bay, and Tennessee. And those teams are combined 12-36. and 36. The Colts are an early one-point favorite for next Sunday. Now, time for this week's Fun Facts Conversation, where you get to know the person under the pads. Time for some fun facts with Charlie Jones from Deerfield, Illinois, not far from Chicago. What did young Charlie Jones like to do growing up in Deerfield? Um, really just hang out with my friends. Um, felt like we were always we were always doing something. You know, in the summertime we, we'd swim a lot and you know, we played we played all the sports, football, basketball, baseball, tennis. Um, hmm. really just hung out. Um, got a big family, so I was always busy doing something with my siblings. Um but really around sports and just, just really hanging out. Did you get to go to Bulls, Bears, White Sox, Cubs, Blackhawks games, anything like that as a kid? Yeah, we went to uh, more Sox games when I was a kid um, than anything. But, you know, we went to Bulls games, Blackhawks games, um, which are always fun, especially, you know, when we're playing well. Any memorable games that you attended in any of those uh, sports? I don't think I went to any, like, crazy big game. Um, I didn't go to these games, but like when when the Blackhawks were in the Stanley Cup, that was always a crazy time. And I was in high school during that time, and we we uh, you know we we took school off to go to the parade and everything. So um, when, when Chicago sports are playing well, it's it's fun down there. We're doing fun facts with Charlie Jones. You mentioned your family. I've read that you have the Roman numeral eight yes. tattooed yeah. on you uh, as significance to your family. Explain that. Yeah. So there's eight of us. Um, 
you know, mom, dad, and I have five siblings. I want a six. Um, just kind of, um, it was my brother's idea. I tried to convince everyone to, to get the tattoo. Um, right now, my me, my brother, and my youngest sister have it. We're, we're trying to... <laughs> We're trying to make everyone get it. Um, one of my sisters has a necklace of it. Um, so uh, not everyone has it yet, but basically for us, it was just, you know, family's been through a lot, um, you know, as families do. Um, and, uh, you know, whatever happens, we're, we're all together um, through everything. So I wanted to get, you know, eight to symbolize just, you know, all of us together. You had an excellent high school football career, but you played for a team that ran the triple option how much did that impact your recruiting? Yeah, um, I think a lot. Um, it's, it, it's hard to show what you can do as a receiver in an offense like that. Um, you know, I still I still got some touches, you know, in the run game and, and could show what I could do as a receiver kind of as a DB, just, just you know, um, the way I made play, plays on the, on the ball and, you know, just kind of that way. And then I returned kicks and punts. So just trying to find ways um, to show that, you know, I'm a, I'm a player and, you know, I, I can be a receiver. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's not it's not easy when you catch. You know, I think my junior year I had like 10 catches. My senior year I had like 20 or something <laughs> like that. So it's, it's not easy. But, um, you know, I knew if I just went out there and did everything I possibly could, someone's going to take me. Was it a dream to go to Notre Dame? It was, yeah. Um, that was my school. Um, forever my family you know loved Notre Dame um, and uh, you know coming out of high school was not an option later on it was an option um, but you know obviously I didn't end up going there. You ultimately chose to go to the University of Buffalo you stayed for a couple of years then decided to transfer to Iowa and had to initially walk on at Iowa before getting a scholarship there how difficult was that decision? Oh I mean at the time it was the hardest decision I've ever had to make um Really, really took a lot of thinking, a lot of talking it through with my family. I felt like every day I was kind of, you know, talking to my dad and my brothers and sisters and my mom. Um, but, you know, I really believed that I could play um, against the best every week. And, you know, I knew that um, making a move like going to the Big Ten would, would give me that opportunity. And, you know, I was coming off surgery. Um, Nobody had a scholarship for me, so I was like, if I'm going to walk on, I'm going to walk on somewhere that has a tradition of walk-ons, which was which was Iowa. Um, and it was tough because, I mean, I left a scholarship, and now, now my family had to had to pay for school, um, which is difficult when you know you're you're you know that other people are, are going to you know be affected by your decision. But everyone was super supportive and, and amazing through the whole thing, so it made it a little bit easier for me. We're visiting with Charlie Jones. Iowa doesn't run the triple option, but it's not exactly a prolific passing team. So for your final college season, you transferred to Purdue. And in your first game for the Boilermakers, you had 12 catches for 153 yards against Penn State. Can you describe what that game meant to you? Yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, making another big decision to transfer again with only one season left, um, was another really difficult thing for me and my family. Um, you know, I could have... It was a lot different um, when I was coming out of Buffalo than when I was leaving Iowa. I had a lot more to choose from um, and really made a decision based on um, where I'm going to be most successful. 
um, and I knew the quarterback growing up there. Uh, and so, so to put everything on the table again and, and just bet on myself and then to come in summer camp, you know, I didn't really know what was going to really happen. It's not like I, I knew I was, I mean, me personally, but I mean, it couldn't really tell. I was still learning the system. And then to come in and have a first game like that. I remember we got back, um, to the, to the locker room to do media and my friend Aiden, the quarterback kind of just slid the paper over the stat sheet over to me <laughs> and just pointed at he threw me the ball 19 times that day so um it was awesome it was a good feeling I knew that we were gonna have a special year that connection with quarterback Aiden O'Connell's amazing because you guys went back to like second or third grade right yeah we started uh in third grade yeah so you know I've, I've known him a long time and you know to see him um, you know, he's got a great journey as well. He walked on at Purdue and, you know, stuck it out and see him succeed. And, and, and now he's playing, you know, at the highest level and he's doing well. So I'm, I'm really happy to see him do that. He's in the NFL with the Raiders and you are obviously in the NFL with the Bengals. You were selected in the fourth round of this year's draft. Describe your draft experience. It was uh, it was a roller coaster. Um, I mean, um, you know, tried to try to do everything I possibly could to help myself you know that started right after my season with with the way I trained and then you know the way I prepared for the combine and, and how I went through my business and then after that it, I mean it's out of your control really it's in it's in God's hands and um you know he he uh he was always he's always looking out for me and um, put me in a perfect situation um but it, it's stressful and it's you know you never know what can happen um and uh I remember you know, just being with my family and um, on the second day, not really knowing what was going to happen, and, and I didn't go the second day, and then all my family and friends were there for the third day. So it was a really special moment to, to be with the people that had been with me this whole journey. Um, um, it, it was definitely really cool and something I'll obviously re- remember forever. You led the nation in receptions at Purdue with one more than Tank Dell, who's having a great rookie year with the Houston Texans, and you acquired the nickname Chuck Sizzle. <laughs> Tell us the origin story of Chuck Sizzle. Yeah, that actually started in that, that first Penn State game. Um, Gus Johnson, uh, you know, gave me that <laughs> one, um, as he does. Um, and, uh, no, it was I, I really didn't hear about it until, you know, the next day – couple of my friends were texting me I, I really didn't know what they were talking about and then people had told me and then slowly it just kind of got bigger uh and, and started catching on and you know they made some t-shirts and it kind of just really grew and I wasn't sure if it was going to stick um you know into the NFL and it seems to seems to be sticking a little bit so I like it I like it a lot I think it's cool um it's, it's a little bit different but it, it's cool <laughs> I assume friends and family have purchased a lot of Chuck Sizzle merchandise. Do they have your blessing to wear it in public? <laughs> um, yeah, no. They, I mean, when I was in at Purdue, everyone had the Chuck Sizzle shirts. Um, and, and every once in a while, I'll see someone wearing it. Or if uh, back home, someone sees someone else wearing it, they'll send me a picture. Um, no, but, I mean, as everything throughout my whole career, they've been super supportive. And, and whenever they can, they're going to they're gonna put it on. All right, a few wild card topics now for Charlie Jones. Who is your all-time favorite athlete in any sport and why? Probably Devin Hester. I mean, being, like, growing up in Chicago, like, at that time, watching Devin Hester, everybody, like, was a <laughs> Hester fan. Um, and, and everyone had, you know, Hester jerseys. And 
whenever he was playing, um, you know, on fourth down, people were locked in watching the game. So I think that's kind of where my love for the punt return game um, started and just just watching someone do something um, that well um, at such a high level and, and do it consistently it was, was cool um, to see. Do you have a talent that not many people know about? Man, I, I wish. <laughs> I wish. I used to play the piano. My parents made me play the piano when I was younger. Hated it. Um, should have stuck with it, though, because I got, I got nothing, really. I I, uh, I can juggle. I don't know if that counts. Mm. How many objects? Just three. Just three. Tennis ball, yeah. Um, I don't know if I could. I see Irv doing the, the footballs on the sideline. I don't know if I could do that. All right. Limited piano playing skills and juggling. Those are both good skills to have. Being from the Chicago area... What is your favorite Chicago food, and where do you go to get it? I don't really eat this way that much anymore, but um, a lot of people would say Lou Malnati's, but I'm a, I'm a Barnaby's guy. Um, We're talking deep dish pizza? Uh, this is thin crust. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Lou Malnati's is deep dish, but yeah, I don't really like the deep dish huh. like that. I, I'd prefer a, a thin crust, um, but I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty simple when it comes to that. Um, well, I pretty much eat the same thing every day. Um, but if I were to do that, it'd probably be Barnaby's. Yeah, or, or, or maybe Italian. I don't know. <laughs> One or the other. All right, final thing for Charlie Jones. This is kind of deep. If you could meet anybody in history, living or deceased, who would that person be? Oof. Maybe, maybe Michael Jordan. Um, I mean, I think that'd be that'd be crazy to sit down with him and and just let him talk about you know things that he's done over the years and just kind of just listen to to everything that he has to say. Um, again, being you know someone from Chicago, I think that'd be that'd be really cool. You are off the hot seat. I appreciate your time. Best of luck the rest of the year. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Paycor, proud to be the Bengals' official HR software provider. By Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet designed to elevate your home, business, and community to a new level. And by Kettering Health, the best care for the best fans. Kettering Health is the official health care provider of the Bengals. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast, and if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.